Hello there, and welcome to Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. I'm Debbie Giorgiani with Jerry Usher, who's on the conference floor of the EWTN radio conference in Birmingham, Alabama, and he's waving to everybody on social media. So it's very exciting. Please make your comment there if you want to say hello to Jerry. He's, uh, I believe he's sitting next to Tom Price. Um, so it, it, Tom's doing a wonderful job, and we've got Charles Beery on the controls, Michael McCall on social media if you'd like to leave a comment. And also answering the phones is Matt Gabinski. Because, Jerry, we're talking about toxic people today and places. Toxic people and places. Now, you're not in a toxic place with toxic people. You're in a very very exciting place at the EWTN radio conference. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it's going great. We had the uh, keynote address by Bishop Michael Sis of San Angelo, Texas this morning. EWTN uh, CEO and President uh, Michael Warsaw gave a a wonderful presentation as well. Jack Williams, we've heard from him. There are group uh, panels going on right now. Our good friend Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers is on a clergy panel right now. And so, uh, yeah, it's just another great opportunity for uh, folks in Catholic Radio to get together, mutually support one another, learn more about moving forward with their ministry endeavors. So it's really going fantastic. You're missed, though. We miss you. Well, I saw that you were talking to Johnette Williams, so I was trying to say, hi, Johnette, hi, Johnette, but she couldn't hear me because we weren't connected. So make sure you let Johnette know I said hello. And I know you have Tom Price right next to you, so please tell him I said hello. And I see that you have our wonderful logo right behind you um, in the uh, studio right there uh, on the conference floor. So that's nice. So folks, if you're on social media, uh, you can see that Jerry's sitting right there with our Take Two logo. But we're talking about, we're happy you're having a great time, Jerry. I wish uh, Marty and I were with you. Uh, we're still recovering. Um, actually, to be to be really uh, transparent, um, I had back to back COVID, and uh, so it's really bizarre. And but I'm I'm getting through it, and I appreciate all the prayers from the Take Two family. So thank you, thank you, thank you. But um, I'm with you in spirit, and we're we're really talking today about how do you handle toxic people in places, Jerry. So the number to dial. This is a very important topic because let's face it, folks, there's a lot of people that are high maintenance all around us. So here's the number, 833-288-3986. Okay, well, I have a simple solution to how I handle toxic people in places. I just wear my emotional hazmat suit and then that takes care of pretty much just blocks it. (laughs) Seriously, though, um, maybe we should just kind of... uh, you know, define what we mean by toxic people in places, Debbie. I know a lot of people probably understand what the concept is, but this is just, what is, what are we talking about here? Just unhealthy relationships, how people treat us, uh, wanting to kind of protect ourselves from being misused or abused and just being in situations with people who are not good for our overall health and well-being. That's exactly uh, correct, Jerry. That is um, really what we're talking about. You know, you, maybe your work environment is it's, it's not comfortable. You can't share your faith. You're, you're um, feeling overwhelmed at work. You know, you don't know who to trust. Um, maybe even at home, there could, it could be a toxic place at times, maybe with adult children that have moved back home. Maybe um, you have your neighbors or friends that you just feel like, wow, they're just so different from me. We have a different mindset, a different 
different outlook on life. And how do you navigate that? You know, or maybe you have people that are very needy or clingy that they just try to, you know, uh, use you to try and make themselves feel better. You know, these toxic people and toxic places can wear us down. Why do I say that? Because Jerry and I have the outreach ministry, Stand Tall. You can find us at standtalltoday.com. And Jerry, you know, as well as I do, because we hear the the client calls come in that folks say, you know, I just feel like I'm living with a bunch of enemies around me. I, I don't like that feeling. You know, we need support. So toxic people, toxic places, that's the topic today. Very different. The opposite of what Jerry's experiencing at the radio conference. He's having a grand time and a great time. So we're, we, but you know what? We cover, we cover things from all angles. So that's what take two is all about. Dial in 833-288-3986 and maybe say hi to Jerry who's in Birmingham right now. Yeah, and as we always say, you know, we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly on this show, and you are the ones who drive it. So if you have a, a situation, a relationship, some scenario in your life that is, as, as Debbie described, you know, unhealthy, maybe toxic, this isn't a judgment on people. You're not passing judgment. You don't have to give names and details and all of that, but maybe we can talk it through a little bit, and you can find out how to maybe... I don't know, just guard yourself, protect yourself a little bit. It's not to cut off people in your life or things like that, but we want to be respectful of our emotional health and well-being as well. So do you have situations in your life, people or places that you would describe as toxic, unhealthy, not good for you, things you want to try and avoid or maybe minimize the influences, the negative influences on you? 833-288-EWTN, 833 833- Two eight eight three nine eight six. So I agree with Jerry. You don't have to out anybody. You don't have to, you know, you can use your confirmation name, but we do need the details so that we can help other souls right now. Maybe, you know, lift some of that feeling of being around uh, toxic people, you know, enemies in your own camp. You know, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of an interesting situation. I will tell you, Jerry, that um, I once worked in an environment that I really did feel like I was on my own little island. I felt like I was all by myself. In fact, um, so much so. So that I'll just, again, full disclosure, I I found myself sometimes talking to myself because I had no one to talk to. And that's not a good and healthy place, you know, when you're, when you're talking to yourself because there's no one you can really, you know, c- uh, converse with. And it got to the point where I said, I don't even enjoy going to work. I don't enjoy being with these people. I, I feel like this is, this is kind of a, a little bit of hell on earth. And so have you ever ha- had that feeling that you just feel like you're on your own little island and, you know, it's not really a very comfortable, um, supportive working environment? Well, you know, let's talk about it. 833-288-3986. Did you ever feel that way in any of your workplaces? Yeah. Actually, you mentioned, uh, you know, workplaces. And I, I could say that there have been a couple times in my life um, One was even in a ministry environment. One was even in a parish environment. Uh, This goes back some time in my life. But, um, you know, we're not, nobody's really immune to it. You know, we all have our 
human flaws and, and failings and frailties and weaknesses and so forth. There are possibility, uh, it's possible that we are the toxic people to others sometimes. We're talking to you today about if you, what you do to deal with and maybe uh, kind of minimize or eliminate from your life toxic people and places, unhealthy situations for you. Get on board right now. Phone lines are about half full, so there's still a couple lines open there. The number is 833-288-3986. Well, we love spending this time with you every Monday through Friday on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on EWTN Radio. And thanks, as always, to the great crew at EWTN Radio for their support. Uh, The show team and many other people help out and are a part of this broadcast every day. And you are especially a part of it, Take Two Family. It is your show, so we are asking you to call in today as we talk about toxic people or places in our lives, how to navigate those, how to minimize those, how to mitigate them. Maybe we can't eliminate them altogether, but we want to be sure that we are the healthiest that we can be, not in any kind of a you know, selfish way, like, you know, get away from me, I don't want you around me, anything like that, but just making sure that our lives are in balance, especially emotionally and, and all, all those kinds of things. So 833-288-3986, grab one of those last remaining open phone lines. And Debbie, I want to throw it to you before we get to Jim in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you, Jerry. Okay, so uh, real quickly, the EWTN app. I wanted just to highlight that, so please uh, listen listen to this. Carry EWTN with you everywhere when you download the free EWTN app. And Jerry, you know how I love that word, free. You can enjoy EWTN live TV and radio streams, audio and video on demand, EWTN news, program schedules, prayers and devotionals, and so much more. All you have to do, folks, is download the EWTN app at EWTNapps.com. Awesome. Okay, again, 833-288-3986. As promised, we will go to Duluth, Minnesota. Jim is a first-time caller to take to, listening on Real Presence Radio. Hi, Jim. Hi, good morning. How are you doing? Doing all right. Welcome. Good, thank you. Go right ahead. Okay, uh, my question is how to deal or, you know, deal in a nice way with, with narcissists. And I got a family member who is, suffers from that, and um, it's just drawn a big uh, divide between us. And um, I just don't know how to really deal with it in a Christian way. Okay, so Jim, um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, Jerry and I deal with this all the time in life coaching. Most of the times, um, people will come to us with a narcissistic or sociopathic uh, type person that they've they have diagnosed themselves. They haven't been diagnosed by any doctor, but they just looked it up online and they say, "Oh, you fit the characteristics, so this must be the traits of this person." Okay. Um, if indeed you feel that that family member is, has those characteristics, those traits, um, and they're demonstrating them in a relationship and it becomes a a toxic relationship, here's what we always, um, suggest. And here's the beauty of advice, Jim, you can take it or leave it. Okay. So here's what we suggest. Limit your time. I have said this to probably 300 clients. Every, pretty much every encounter with a family member after 30 minutes goes south somehow. Why? Why is that? 
because after you get comfortable and all the all the courteous pleasantries have been exchanged, now you start either bringing up the past or something happens or there's a character assassination or somebody accuses somebody else or somebody reminds them of something in the past or some issue that has been left unresolved starts to surface. So I always tell people, if you want to get together with high maintenance family members, limit it to 30 minutes, 45 minutes at max. And that includes holidays. So going to a Thanksgiving dinner and making sure you exit, you know, within an hour is really the best thing to have the best, you know, to still have that relationship, but not get into the toxic part of that relationship. Do you see where I'm going with it, Jim? I do. And I I see your point. Because there has been times where, you know, you go, you go, like you say, you go past a certain point and, and all the whole garbage starts coming out. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my gosh. you know, I- That's right. And, and here's the problem, Jim, and Jerry knows this because Jerry and I talk about it all the time um, in life coaching. Um, you're, we're really not going to change that person. It only gets worse because what happens is, is they feel comfortable in, in the family dynamic. So unless that person is going to go get some professional help and really work on what's going wrong with their own issues, um, it's not going to change. So uh, the thing that we get to do is we get to change the way we, we interact with them. I would definitely definitely pray for them because I think if indeed that person does have narcissistic or sociopathic tendencies, they're, they're dealing with a lot and they're not even realizing um, what kind of um, damage they're doing. And so it's really, it's really a, a heavy kind of cross that they're carrying that they probably don't even realize. What do you think, Jerry? Well, I think the prayer part that you just mentioned is where I would go with this. I think your other advice to Jim was right on. And I would say, Jim, yeah, without judging, just pray. You know, pray God's rich, abundant blessings. What I do with people who um, maybe come, come across this way toward me, and I'm sure I do to others often enough as well, but I just say a prayer. I say, Lord, bless them. Whatever they need, I don't know what that is, Lord, but you know what that is. And I just pray that you will bless them. And if they need healing in any area, please give them that. If they need affirmation, give them that. But definitely the prayer route is, is the direction I would add on to what Debbie was saying. All right, Jim, what do you think? Yeah, I, I like the advice, and uh, I'll pass it on to others in the family who are suffering from this, uh, the effect of this one person. And, uh, yeah, I will thank you very much, and God bless you for your work. Thank you. Appreciate your call. First-time caller, Jim and Duluth. Um, other first-time callers are welcome. Long-time listeners, regular callers, you're welcome. Maybe you're a first-time listener to Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. This is a show where we give you a platform. You are really the ones who drive the program with your takes, your lived experiences. Debbie and I try to add a helpful comment or two, but you are the stars of the show. So grab that line that Jim was on there. If you deal with a toxic person or environment in your life, 833 833- Two eight eight three nine eight six. Okay, so we'll move to Marianne, and Marianne is in Alabama on the EWTN app. Hello, Marianne. Welcome to Take Two. Hi, EWTN family. Um, I met Jeanette and Jacqueline yesterday at the Shrine, and I just want to say that they said, um, I said, I, I love you guys like family, and they said, we are your family, and I said, you know, you're right, so we love you. Oh, oh, we love you too, Marianne. Thank you so much for recognizing that. And I think this, the, the more we practice being the body of Christ and being family, the better off I think the world will, will be. So thank you for recognizing that. But uh, share with us about these toxic relationships. Well, my husband is toxic 
for me. I love him. I have a valid marriage. We live together. I've, I've known him like 30 years. Married him in 2015. And in 2019, things got very bad. Long story, but he's narcissistic. He's never wrong, ever, ever, ever. So what you were saying to the last gentleman really hit home with me and helped me. But I love him. I give him to God. I help him because he doesn't have enough money for food. So I bring food over to him. And my son and daughter-in-law, my son helps him. Um, yeah, it's really, really sad. But um, he's just the most negative person I've ever met in my whole life. And I'm Pollyanna. So, I mean, God is good. I'm happy. I'm 76. I'm a retired nurse. I walk. I take the dogs out. I just have a good life with my, I live with my son and daughter-in-law now because I can't live with them. My AFib starts, he knows how to press my buttons and my heart starts. And I'm like, you know, I've spoken to priests about him, a holy priest in um, my parish. And he said, when people get so entrenched in their narcissism, it's a mental illness. It's almost impossible to change because they don't want to change. They don't see themselves for who they really are, I guess. So I just pray all the time. Oh, he prays. He goes to Mass. He watches EWTN Mass every morning, but he just doesn't see it. Like, oh, they didn't put money in the collection. Or, you know, it's just like he judges everybody. Well, you know where he's going. He's going to hell. I'm like, would you stop? So anyway, that's my husband. And just uh, he's got the same first name as your husband, Debbie. So please pray for him. I will. Absolutely, Marianne. And I put you in the book and your husband and your family. And, you know, Marianne, let me just share something with you, because what you said, I think, can help a lot of souls, a lot of marriages. You know, we're, we are going to, um, you know, trigger each other and uh, push buttons and rub each other the wrong way. And, you know, that that friction, that challenge um, is an ability for us, as you have have done it because you had to remove your, you still are in relationship with him. You still very much love him and care for him, but you had to remove yourself to protect your, your being, to protect your, your health. And that's understandable. And the church understands that. Okay. And that's the beauty of, of the Catholic faith. But, you know, it's interesting because I think what you did was, and probably maybe because you are a nurse, so you know the ramifications of something that it can be emotionally taxing and how it can affect your health. You have to pull away for your own sanity and your own safety health-wise. So I think what you did for yourself is, is very wise. Um, a, a lot of people try to force that other person to change. And what you said today, I think, is going to help a lot of souls. We're not going to force anybody to change. And as people get older, they get it's it's much harder to get them to change. The best thing we can do is conduct ourselves in a in a good manner and a holy manner in order to um, keep that goal in mind of getting to heaven and and still maintain our sanity here. So I I just thank you for sharing what you did, and I will tell you you're not alone. The majority of clients I have recently have shared the same kind of um, uh, relationship dynamics. Jerry, any comments? Well, I think Marianne, like our previous caller, you know, you're coming at this from a charitable perspective and a charitable approach, and I, I applaud you for that. Um, you know, not a judgmental one or, or what have you, but like Debbie said, you are doing what you can to be kind of in a self-preservation mode. But I think you know, as you're as you're witnessing and, and the previous caller, um, you know, I, I think that you're showing that 
you know, what we need to do is be very, very, um, you know, caring and loving. You know, behind every toxic, um, you know, position that we can take or behavior that we can engage in, there's a wound. There's a, there's a need that has been not, you know, quite met in some, somebody's life. So, um, again, I go back to just praying for people who, for whatever their needs happen to be, and no one is beyond the, the, the reach of God's healing. I know I've, I've experienced much of God's healing at this stage in my life, you know, and when I'm in my 60s, so God wants to heal, and so I think we just need to be, uh, you know, definitely in prayer for people, but, you know, you're doing a lot of the right things, as Debbie said, so I, I agree with everything Debbie said, Marianne. Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys. Thank you so much. You helped me a lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah, beautiful to have you on the program today. And it's great that you got to see the EWTN gang at the Shrine of the Most Blessed Sacrament yesterday. That was every year. That's a part of the EWTN Catholic Radio Conference, for those who don't know, is a pilgrimage to the Shrine. And just about all of the participants went on that, Debbie. I know you've been there, and it's just a real, uh, it's a beautiful experience. I cry every time I walk up to Mother Angelica's crypt. Every single time I start bawling. Marianne, God bless you. Okay, we're going to move uh, Jerry to uh, Cheryl, and Cheryl is in Worcester, Massachusetts, listening on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Cheryl. Welcome to Take Two. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes. Go right ahead. Um, yes, I'm from Worcester. I'm calling because um, when you were talking about the question, um, all I could think of was that um, it sounded like a lot of, like, what this feels like to me, what it's, you know, like, I, 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 me, me, me. And um, my feeling is, at work, yes, you do come across toxic people. Um, but if you are, are only thinking about what it means to you, you know, they will drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if if you change your your focus and remember that God puts people in your path for whatever reason, you, you know, um, for whatever reason, it, it, it's in his, it's his play. And what our job is to love them and compassionate with them and, um, and see how we can, I guess, be God, to, you know, not God to them, but, but um, you know, show them Jesus through us. That's mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. We might be having a bad connection there with you, Cheryl, but I can speak to that a little bit too because I, I tend to be, Debbie, you know this, you point this out to me sometimes. I'm, I'm very non-confrontational, and I, if I get in a situation, and I think Cheryl's mainly focusing on conversations with, you know, toxic conversations, and if I find myself in one, it's hard for me to kind of extricate myself because I just don't want to offend anybody or hurt anybody's feelings or anything. And the temptation is the trend can sometimes be for us to start saying, okay, what, what in the world's wrong with me? You know, why, why can't I get out of this? Why am I, why, what did I do to deserve this sort of thing? And I think Cheryl was saying, you know, if we don't, we, we just can't focus on that aspect of it. You know, we just need to focus on, you know, who we are before God and be, you know, if we have to be a sounding board for some people, that's fine. But again, I, instead, in, in addition to praying for people, Debbie, I always like to say a prayer and I say, Lord, help me to love 
this person. Help me to love this situation. Even if it's a toxic person or, or, or a place, Lord, help me to love them the way that you do. And that can really help us to move us into a better place as well. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Deb. No, I totally agree. Uh, that was beautifully said. And Cheryl, I appreciate the um, the perspective on this. I think there are great insights. And, you know, that that's the thing about relationships. You have to look at them from all angles. You know, how are you contributing to the relationship if, if it's toxic, what you're pulling from it? Um, and it's and it's the way we really view it and frame it. Like you always say, Jerry, um, you know, to look at things from a different angle. It's very important. And we can we can get to a deeper spiritual place. Okay, if we if we look at things um, from a different angle, I think that's where we're that the takeaway is uh, for today, and it's very important. So it's it's letting people step back and really analyzing the situation. So we're talking about toxic uh, people and places today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. Please join us. We'll be right back. Okay, great to have you with us here. Take two with Jerry and Debbie and you. We're going to get to Ron in a moment. Victor in San Antonio, we do have a couple lines open today. 833-288-3986. Catching up with you, the Take Two family here on a Thursday. It is so good to have you with us and love to have you be a part of the conversation. Again, it doesn't have to be uh, in all uh, you know, the gory details, but if you have a, a person, a relationship, a situation, a place, maybe the workplace, maybe in, in the home where there are some un, you know, unhealthy things, uh, Debbie calls them toxic people or places that you would like to discuss here, maybe uh, like the other callers here today already have. Hopefully they've come away with a little bit of a maybe an action plan, so maybe you would uh, benefit from a call as well at 833 833- 288-3986. And we will go to Ron in Buffalo, New York, listening on the Station of the Cross. Hi, Ron. How are you doing today? Doing great. Happy that you called. Yeah, well, I was driving and I heard this and I had to pull over and stop and call. <laughs> long, long, very short. short. Wow, actually, it's very long. I'm going to try to summarize this. I've I've known this woman since we've been teenagers. Uh, we have been best friends, and I can't express when I how much in my heart I mean that. I've been married. I had my annulment. She's gone through relationships. Never sexual, but no matter where, if I was out, she was out, part, you know, gatherings, we're always drawn to each other. Uh, We know every intimate thing about each other that is unbelievable. I mean, literally. Um, After I got my annulment, the unfortunate thing is, is I made a decision to be with her. And uh, that ended... There's another guy in her life that she also knows uh, from way back when, and he is not a good guy. He's a beater. Uh, he hits her, verbally abuses her, manipulates her, lies to her. And at this point in my life, uh, I'm physically incapable of hurting this guy. 
Um, we talked on a consistent basis. I've never felt closer to anybody in my entire life. I've never connected with anybody like that. It's like uh, she's part of me. Uh, she also, just a little bit from her past, she has dealt with a lot of different abusive relationships. When I was physically capable of, I took care of it. Uh, but at this point right now, I can't do anything. And the only thing I know is this guy's hurting her and hurting her and hurting her. Uh, she wants him to leave. He refuses. Absolutely. A hundred percent refuses because he's got mail at the house. He's got no family, nowhere to go. And he just tells her, no, I'm not leaving. I'm not doing nothing. Um, she is not a cop call. She will not get police involved for whatever reason, which I don't understand, except for the fact that when women go through being abused and feel that some guy cares about them, they hang on to him for some reason. Well, Ron, she may be, you know, there may be some fear there of what might happen, what he might do if she does call the police. I know that's often a factor, but um, I'm curious, do you know, and maybe you don't, maybe you you just don't want to even go here, but did she have like an abusive father or someone growing up because there's it's you know you know the old saying you know uh so-and-so married her father you know meaning she married somebody who was like her father whether it was abusive or whatever whatever the circumstances might have been with the the dominant male uh, person in her life usually the father you know and sometimes they just keep going back and going back and going back to that because they uh they in a sense kind of equate that with love it's it's a kind of a twisted way of thinking but Maybe they maybe they want somebody to change, um, and hope and pray that somebody will change. But in this case, it sounds like this gentleman is not in any uh, you know in any way going to try and change his behavior toward her, and, and she just doesn't have the I guess the strength of will or whatever to uh, you know to tell him to leave or to call the police or whatever. So um, I, I Debbie, I don't know if you want to jump in here and share any thoughts, but well, I'd love to hear Ron's comment. Does she have past wounds like that, Ron? Well, the thing about it is I know the whole entire family. My family is actually good friends with her family. And the father was not like that at all. The father was a very good man. Uh, his wife died. And the, <clears throat> the spouse, the next stepmother, was very abusive. But she was older. She was a teenager at that point. Well, well, Ron, let me just jump in real quickly, just for the sake of time. Uh, so real quickly. So you got the annulment, um, you, you were granted the annulment, and then you tried to pursue a relationship with her. It didn't work out. Is that because you were, you guys were just really best friends and really weren't relationship material like that? Well, we, it was, I kind of dragged my feet on getting married. I didn't have my annulment at the time. She got impatient. We started arguing where we were living. We're cohabitating together, which we should never have done. It's a sin, and I told her, and I told her straight out, it's costing me my soul. And I ignored it. I didn't do the right thing. And, you know, we would fight, and he's another best friend of hers. 
It, well, I, I guess best friend. However, you, you so you it. broke. Okay, so you broke it off, and you're you're you are living your faith, right? Is she living her faith? No, that's a thing that tremendously bothers me because I tried to get her into church. Okay, okay. So, so Ron, here, let me just just based on what you shared because it's probably a very a lo- you know you have a lifetime with this friendship with her. Okay, but here's the thing: she sounds like she has a real self image, self esteem problems. Okay. She, the best advice in my humble opinion, you can give your friend if you love her. And it sounds like you really do is for her to go deep into her faith, for her to learn about herself, for her to get stronger for herself and to, to focus on the bigger picture of eternal life. And she needs to refocus, reframe things and reposition things to have a better life. If she does not do that, she's not going to pick the best partners and she's not going to pick the best relationships. And she's really not going to be the best uh, her she can possibly be. Why? Because she's giving her power away to all these other people who are, who are, who are not treating her very well based on what the details you gave. Now I could be missing a lot of things. I know that people come to us on take two and then they're, and then they didn't fill in all the pieces. And then the good news is you have Dr. Ray right after us. So you could probably revisit it with Dr. Ray. Um, but, uh, I just want, based on that, Ron, the best thing you can do is get her to really work on herself. What do you say? She, I, I've tried to get her to do that. You know, I mean, and it's just not, just me there's a lot of other people involved trying to get her to do that she told me straight out i mean she's catholic well she claims to be catholic she's not and i talked to her about god i taken her church and she just tells me i don't believe the same way you do i think how can't you believe the same way i do you're catholic i'm catholic you know what's right you know what's wrong yeah yeah, but Ron, here's the deal. If she if she does that, if she has that position where she doesn't believe it anymore, then she is then she's relying on a world that's going to lie to her. This world and the people in it are are so many of them are living lies. We know that because the demonic activity is is at an all-time high. It's all lies. We must focus on God. If we don't focus on God, we're we are now um, you know, living in this world that is just, uh, uh, you know, overwhelming us with a bunch of lies. So that's why she's not going to believe. And so if you can try to just say to her, listen, start at the beginning, start in the Bible, start with your guardian angel, let her, let her grow her faith again. Maybe she's just like an infant again, that needs to just slowly get used to, um, focusing on God. I would just say that Ron, because, but you got to stay strong in your faith, Ron. Because you know the truth. What do you say, Jer? No, I agree, Ron. You could be that rock of support for her. Would she, would she accept an invitation to just go to mass with you? Say one time, Ron. You could just say, "Hey, how about this Sunday? You know, would you be willing to go to mass with me? Would she be open to that?" She can't go anywhere because wherever she goes, he wants to be at. He doesn't let her out of the house. He checks her phone. He checks her, her calls. You know, I mean, the only way we get together is if she takes off work or I take off of work or, you know, he goes to work on a Saturday and she calls me up, you know, hey, what are you doing? You know, I, 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 
You you love her. You care about her. She there's resources out there. There's help out there for her to be free and safe from a person like him. Clearly, he is keeping her. He is keeping her trapped on some level. That is not right for her. It's not healthy for her. And if she's unwilling to to go and reach out and get help, and and then you, there's not much you can do. Unfortunately, you know she's a grown woman. Um, so again, going back to what Jerry said, the power of prayer. Pray that the good Lord puts people in front of her that can that can help her with a, an exit plan to to get away from this because she's it's going to be very hard on her emotionally to really find out who she is unless she's free from some of this. What do you think, Jer? No, I think it sounds like a very dangerous situation to me. So, Ron, definitely ramp up the prayers. And remember, Debbie's always big on this. We both are. Your guardian angel, Ron, ask your guardian angel to go not only to her guardian angel and protect her with with her guardian angel together, but maybe to his guardian angel as well. And perhaps the grace of God can work through that guardian angel relationship with him to move his heart in a healthier direction because it's just it doesn't sound like a good situation at all. Okay, Ron? Yeah, I... Just one more closing comment. I know you guys got a lot more phone calls. I really appreciate you. Listen, you've got a lot that you're that's weighing on you. You're you can hear it. You really care about your friend. You really love her. If you want to reach out, you can email. I'll, I'll happily correspond with you. Okay, I can hear it. You just have this heaviness that you're trying to take care of things. And the email is take two at ewtn.com, okay? All right. We're here for you, Ron, and we'll be praying for you and and your friend. She sounds like she's in a difficult situation, so. Take two family around the world, Ron. We'll be lifting this up in prayer. So feel the feel of spiritual support, brother, please. And like Debbie said, email if you want to. Take two at EWTN.com. Okay, I know you want to mention something real quick, and then we'll get to Victor. I do. My heart just breaks for Ron. It's a tough position to be in when you can't, um, you know, control the situation and fix it. Um, Light of the East Radio is Sunday morning, 1130 Eastern Time. Um, Sunday morning, 1130 Eastern um, on EWTN Radio. It is, I just said that, so I said it twice. There you go. Uh, Father Thomas Loya, he is amazing. I absolutely love him. And his guests explore the rights of the Eastern Catholic Church. Um, and it's the Eastern Catholic Church. This is the one that's in full communion with um, the Pope. So, so please, please know that it's a beautiful, beautiful program. Light of the East Radio. Um, you know, actually, I said it uh, twice because I was my heart's hurting for Ron. And and just so you know, Ron, we're going to start praying right now that the Good Lord puts people in your in in your view and your friend's view to help her out of this very difficult and and dangerous situation. Okay, but thank you. And get in touch with us, please. Take two at EWTN.com. And Jerry, we're going to move to Victor. And Victor is in San Antonio, uh, Texas, on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, Victor. Hello there. Go right ahead. Victor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so uh, before I, I ask my question, just a suggestion for Ron, um, he could call a local women's shelter and ask them for ideas or help. Um, you know, I don't think there's anything to stop anyone from calling the police. It's not 
inside the house, although I guess she has to prosecute. But just the idea of calling the local women's shelter and seeing what they might have suggestions, they deal with that all the time. Um, so uh, the question I have is, how do you know where to draw the line between abuse and just difficult relationships? Uh, for example, imagine uh, a spouse that comes home and is verbally abusive. Uh, you know, it's pretty easy if they're, you know, hitting people, uh, then you kind of know you, you need to separate yourself. Uh, but where do you know, how do you know when there's, uh, you know, holy perseverance and humility and it helps build you up uh, when you tolerate these things? Uh, um, even after working and working at it, and still seeing that this just goes on or, or you need to actually separate yourself like the previous caller did. So you said this is within a, a marriage run? I mean, Victor, this is in a marital situation? Yep, yep. Yes. Oh, hey. How you doing, Jerry? Good, on the air. So let me jump in because um, the booth, it, the studio booth is at the EWTN radio conference in Birmingham, Alabama, and it's right on the conference floor, Victor. And so folks are coming up saying congratulations to Jerry and, and talking to him. So I'm just going to jump in real quickly so uh, Jerry can come back um, on air with us. But Victor, um, oh, it was Deacon Harold. Okay, if it's Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, he can interrupt any show. Okay, so tell Deacon Harold that's totally fine and tell him we said hello. Okay. But Victor, you make a really good point, and we could spend a whole entire show on this. As a matter of fact, this is what we work with with uh, life coaching all the time. What is the difference between actual abuse and then this kind of subtle type of abusive situations that kind of creep into a relationship? And where do you draw the line? How do you fix it? How do you know what is what is really uh, hurtful and what is really helpful? So did I hear you correctly on that? I just want to get confirmation. Well, the, the, the basic question would be, when do you decide that it's crossed the line? You know, where is that line? Okay. Typically in life coaching, we talk about this. And what we say is it crosses the line when it really does hurt the soul, when it really does hurt emotionally, not just on a surface level where somebody makes a, a, a criticism and we get defensive, but I'm talking about something that really deeply wounds, okay, or triggers a past trauma or really does paralyze that person to the point where they can't function. That in a relationship, a spousal relationship, we believe is crossing the line because you, it, that's not healthy. That's very, you wouldn't do that to a stranger. You wouldn't do that to a colleague at work. But for some reason, um, spouses do that to each other. So what you want to do is hold it up against other relationships. So if, if something is being done in the home, that would not be acceptable in the workplace. It's not acceptable at home, period, period. Because think about it. Why can a person stop themselves from going that extra, you know, uh, step and, 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 and hold back their tongue or, or, you know, refrain uh, from saying something in a workplace, but they can't do it at home. Do you know why? Because Victor at home subconsciously, we just know that that person's going to quote unquote be there. It's kind of like a little bit of the kick the dog syndrome. So, so what you want to do is reset 
take it back to the beginning and say, we need to be on our best behavior. We need to be the, uh, courteous and kind to each other, just like we would if we were in the corporate world and we had to do that. Uh, you know, we have to do that at home as well. It's called hitting the reset button and starting over with new ground rules for everybody involved. Um, it's a it's a real complicated process, I will tell you, in life coaching. Usually we can work through with couples in six weeks to reset and have a whole new b- kind of baseline understanding in the relationship. What do you say to the first initial comments that I made? I think that's uh, that's an interesting idea. Um, and I've, I've caught myself saying several times uh, both things. Uh, nobody else ever treats me like this, and you don't treat anyone else like this. Why me? Um, so it kind of seems like that. And, of course, if you feel yourself and you, you feel like you're depressed, then that's... Uh, I think that kind of qualifies, especially if it's a, a major depression when you start not being able to function. Um, you know, you've got kind of kind of checking the boxes there, I guess. Um, that's an interesting idea. I, I, yeah. I think I will suggest that and just uh, see how that goes. Yeah, definitely. And Victor, real quickly, let me just share something. If you're referring to your wife not treating you the way you you feel she should be treating you with, you know, respect and honor and dignity and and all that, you know, a lot of times, and I'm just making a general statement, and Jerry, you can um, agree or disagree with me based on um, your life coaching um, training as well. Uh, But I just want to say, Victor, sometimes when women don't treat when they when they stop treating their husband with respect and honor it's it it comes from if you if you were to take it it's like the chicken and the and the egg which came first it comes from an emotional wound way back when at the beginning of the relationship so something emotionally was not there and typically in a general sense a woman will harbor that and hold on to it for many years and then start to lose the respect for that individual for their husband so you may want to look at that as well of where you're at if you're emotionally contributing in a healthy way to the relationship or you're not so i'm um, i'm 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 just um i'm just you know suggesting that for you to look at that as well jerry um, yeah, I can't really add anything much to what you were saying there. I had a, a follow-up question for you, Debbie, but Victor, uh, any other thoughts or uh, you know things you want to introduce into this conversation? Um, I think just the last um, point that uh, Debbie raised is the, uh, the the home environment. You know where where she grew up. Uh, there was a whole lot of <laughs> disrespect and all kinds of it was not it was non-functional. Um, and I could see that propagating forward. In fact, that's even been said. But the problem is that recognizing it and doing something about it are two different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as you know, we've said a few times on the show today, Victor. You know, healing sometimes is necessary because we carry these things from you know our family of origin, our upbringing, our relationships. All of these things uh, sort of go into uh, creating the person that we are today, you know, the baggage that we carry along, and it can be shed. And so we'll 
definitely be praying for you in this situation. And uh, like everybody else, Victor, if you'd like to email us for any follow-up, it's take2 at EWTN.com. Take2 at EWTN.com. But Debbie, you made, a, I think, a very important point. You said, you know, in, in life coaching, sometimes, you know, four to six weeks, and you see, you can see some changes in relationships similar to the one that Victor was talking about. And I think maybe before we close today, that would be a, a good point to end on, really a high positive note, a, a, you know, a kind of an encouraging note that things don't have to always continue along the same pattern that they're in. That's true. And and I, I would suggest getting um, help with um, Catholic counselors or coaching or, you know, some respected source to help or a program that's out there, you know, a Catholic or Christian program on the internet, something that can help. Because I think sometimes we as spouses, we try to therapize each other. We try to help each other. It doesn't work. We're too close to the situation. You need an outside person to come in and really help um, kind of, as, you know, set the stage again, hit the reset button and, and be able to uh, build from there. So, and it is exciting. I have seen miracles and in 20 plus years, Jerry, I have seen miracles. I have seen marriages change overnight. Really incredible. And folks, if you're interested, um, there's Catholic counselors, the pop checks do a phenomenal job. Um, we're here for life coaching. It's standtalltoday.com. You can get a free consultation. We do couples coaching. Um, so yeah, it's exciting, Jerry. And Jerry, real quickly, just tomorrow, I wanted to share with our listeners, we have a special recorded broadcast. It is so incredible. It's uh, Debbie Cowden from EWTN. She wrote the most amazing book with her husband, The Prayer Book for Tired Parents. Incredible. And tomorrow is going to be a, a fabulous show for our listeners to go into the weekend talking about um, raising a family, being tired, and having, having time, deep time for prayer. Very good. Yeah, Victor, thanks again for the call. And just a quick final word from today at the Catholic Radio Conference, EWTN Catholic Radio Conference. Um, you might hear some of the background, people you know, laughing, clapping, having a good time, and it really is an amazing, wonderful experience. But I just encourage all of you who are listening, pray for the people who run your Catholic radio stations, who program them, pray for EWTN. Um, we had a beautiful keynote address from Bishop Michael Sis of San Angelo, Texas this morning, and he just uh, highlighted so many of the key points of how God is using Catholic radio to change lives and save souls. In fact, you may have your own story of how Catholic radio has impacted your life. So uh, just remember in your prayers, everybody involved in the Catholic radio vineyard, it is a blessing, it is a privilege, it is an honor, but it's also very challenging, okay? The enemy doesn't like what is being done. In so many areas in the church today, and Catholic radio and TV with EWTN are one of those key areas that the enemy doesn't like. So please, as always, keep us in your prayers. I want to thank all of the show team. If I start naming names, I'm going to forget somebody here, but all the guys here at EWTN, the guys and gals are fantastic. A special thanks to Deborah Rice, who really kind of is the, the point person for uh, this whole conference. Anything we need, she's right on top of that. We miss you, Debbie. So uh, we'll be uh, talking again tomorrow. Again, it's that pre-recorded broadcast with Debbie Cowden. So until we speak with you again live on Monday, have a beautiful and blessed day tomorrow and weekend. And St. Joseph, please pray for us. Amen.